Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everyone, my name is Chris Lambert. On this channel, we talk Kanye West. And today we are talking Genius, a Kanye trilogy part two. Two. I just got to see it. I got a press copy as I get to interview Kudi and Shike tomorrow as part of a, a PR junket ahead of the release. Part one, uh, Vision, actually hits theaters in a couple days, February 10th, and then premieres on Netflix February 16th. And as far as I understand it, these are coming a week apart, right? So the 16th, you get Vision. The week later, you get Purpose. And then a week after that, you get Awakening. So three weeks to watch the full thing, but, you know, I got to watch I got to watch it already. So I haven't watched part three yet. I'm going to make this and then watch part three and then make another video tomorrow kind of reviewing part three and then doing final thoughts on the whole uh, trilogy. But with part two, we pick up and this is going to have spoilers. So if you don't want to know anything about what's happening, then don't watch. And if you want to catch part one, so you're kind of up to date with everything that happened in part one, go ahead and go back. But a quick recap of that. Part one uh, focuses on Kudi, uh, the director who decided to start filming Kanye because he met Kanye in Chicago. Kudi was part of a, a Channel Zero that was filming Chicago hip hop and really documenting Chicago hip hop in a way that no one else was. And people kept talking about like Kanye, this kid Kanye, this producer Kanye. And Chike got to, or Kudi, Chike is the other director who comes along in part two, but Kudi got to meet Ye, was kind of very impressed by him and decided to make his version of Hoop Dreams, where Hoop Dreams was Steve James following two young basketball players uh, from the time they were in middle school into high school and potentially going to the NBA. And this was going to be his version of that, following Ye when he's just somebody starting out in Chicago and will he make it? So part one follows from 1998 into late 2002. So you really see Kanye in Chicago. You see Ye move out to New York, but it's not even, where was it? It's uh, not Hoboken, Newark. He moves out to Newark. So he's outside of New York City in Jersey, <laughs> but close, you know, close, but not in the city yet. And he's starting to make some of the songs for the college dropout. Like he wants to work on his album, but he's not signed yet. So a lot of part one is Ye just trying to get signed and make connections in New York City, like make connections in Rockefeller. You see him going around to different labels, trying to get signed, like talking with people. He goes back to Chicago at one point and you have this great scene with him and his mom because he's really down and his mom's picking him up. But you don't actually get to like college dropouts. Uh, actually, you get up to October 2002, where Ye gets signed by Rockefeller, which is exciting. And then you get hints of the crash, right? So part two picks up with Ye getting signed, but not immediately with the crash. There's a little bit of a delay. So you see Ye, uh, what is it? He's <laughs> like signed and excited, but it seems like Rockefeller isn't really taking him seriously. They're still wanting him to do other work for people. They haven't locked in a date for his album and they actually send him out to Los Angeles to work on someone else's album. So Ye wasn't even out in Los Angeles for himself where the wreck happened. He was out there working on other people's albums, getting them ready, doing the producer thing. He's like 
kind of running out of money in some ways. So he's having to, even though he wants to be a rapper, he's having to produce so much more because he needs the money to kind of keep things going because Rockefeller still hasn't given him a budget for his own album. So it's it's a little bit of a, a crunch period for Ye. And he's working like all the time and getting sleepier and sleepier. And then the crash happens, right? He's coming home from the studio late one night. He's been working, like burning both ends of the camel, camel, both ends of the candle, and he crashes. So you pick up like... Cootie flying out from Chicago to Los Angeles, like seeing Ye in the aftermath of the accident. And you follow him as he still has some of the the wires in his mouth and you see him getting taken out. You get to actually see a lot of the footage that was then used for the Through the Wire video, which was this breakthrough for Kanye's career. So the main kind of chapters of this are the initial prologue that's leading up to the crash. And then it's the aftermath of the crash and the creation of Through the Wire and the Through the Wire music video and the breakthrough that happened when that video finally premiered. And that was the thing where they started working with Shike at that point because they needed to make this video. Cootie had the footage, but Shike had some of the expertise and access to MTV's editing equipment, <laughs> which was something that they needed as Chike was working at MTV at the time. So they put together this whole video and get it to air on MTV. And it's just history in the making, right? It leaps into the forefront of popular music videos. It's getting played all over the place for weeks. Suddenly Kanye's a hot ticket item. And you have some really cool scenes where Ye is whatchamacallit, he's at a party and Dame Dash is there, right? And Dame's like the head honcho, as big as like Jay was for The Rock, right? Dame is this huge personality and Biggs is there too, like Burke, but it's like Dame that kind of feels like the gatekeeper at this point for Ye. And they're at this event where this um, female artist is rapping and Dame's like, that's great, that's awesome, good for you. And Ye's there and he's like, oh, let me play you something that I'm doing hoping to get Dame's attention because he still doesn't have his budget. The Through the Wire video is still not out. And Ye starts playing music and Dame leaves the room and goes, hey, I'm going to go somewhere. Uh, Y'all can stay, but I'm out. (laughs) And Ye's just like, okay, great. So then he starts talking before the premiere of his music video. He has all these people in this room to premiere the music video. And he's talking about how like, do you know I had to pay this out of my own pocket? Do you know that Rockefeller hasn't given me any production budget? They haven't given me a marketing budget. They haven't like opened up the studio budget. And Dame comes walking into the room and Kanye's like, hey you know welcome i'm just gonna say a few things like thank you so much for coming dame (laughs) because that's who he was just kind of like trashing like he's not backing me up like rockefeller's not backing me up when it's like kind of dame that's the one that's not backing him up and dame's just like had come down a hallway so you it's just a little awkward but funny and very kanye and then kanye like to his credit doesn't back down he does it He starts to at first, but then he still says, like, they aren't giving me this, they aren't giving me this. And then they premiere the music video and Dame's like, oh, (laughs) you can see that it clicks for him after he hears the video, hears the song. He's just like, oh, okay." (laughs) And then after that, it's like all in on Kanye. And that's where the next chapter kind of goes. Now Kanye has his budget. He's making the album and you see the public 
the attention from the public start to rise, the demands start to rise. And there are a few other cool moments in that initial chapter as they're getting people to react to Through the Wire. There's a scene with Pharrell that a bunch of people will talk about where Pharrell <laughs> hears Through the Wire for the first time and is just like loses his mind he walks out of the studio down the hallway and then comes back and he has such like kind words i'm a, okay i'm a very emotional person <laughs> where if i see somebody crying or like getting emotional i start to like tear up because my like mirror neurons or the vicarious like feelings which is part of being a writer right i have to get in people's heads constantly in characters heads i have to understand how people are feeling and then i also just like feel it, which is really annoying. But my wife always makes fun of me because I'll cry at everything. So I'm starting to cry right now thinking about how Pharrell responds to Kanye because for so much of this documentary in part one and part two, you have people doubting him, not taking him seriously or liking his production, but not really paying attention to him as a rapper. And he really wants to be respected as a rapper. There's a guy at the start of part two that's like, this is the best rapper producer, producer rapper. And Ye's like, no, no, don't like, don't call me that. Like if I'm the 50th best rapper, just call me that. If I'm the 150th best rapper, just call me that. I don't want to be the best rapper producer because that's a crutch. That's a crutch. It's just like saying that I'm the best female rapper and not considering me with the rest of the, like the crowd, like just call me what I am. I don't have to be the best because I'm not, but I'll get better, but just don't treat me like someone else. And the guy's like, ah, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to credit you. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to help you out and shout you out. Like I'm being nice here. And Ye's clearly like sensitive to that. And you see him just like so down and to have Pharrell just be so kind and so sweet being like, you are amazing. That is incredible. I see it now. I'm sorry I didn't see it before. I'm sorry. Like, I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. And I just want you to know. And he goes on this, like, life lesson speech, right? And <laughs> Pharrell's like, how old was he there? Like, 25 or something? And he's speaking like he's just this, like, proud 50-year-old grandfather, 60-year-old grandfather talking to Ye. I <laughs> that was one of the things that stood out. Like, Pharrell's not the only musician from this time or celebrity from this time that you see there's him uh there's luda there's uh diddy like a few others and all of them come off like so charming where you already like them as artists right and you're hoping like oh are they gonna be good people like what are they like behind the scenes you're just kind of like everybody's kind of cool <laughs> like they're all kind of cool they all seem like cool people bringing good energy you can see why people want to be around them why they were successful uh, just the behind the scenes aspect of this, not just the Kanye aspect, but just getting this behind the scenes look of this era of hip hop and all of these people coming up together, battling, setting the tone for the, the hip hop world and culture we know today is really like awesome and really beautiful. Um, but you get into this post, <laughs> this post, uh, through the wire period where more people are wanting to work with yay like jamie fox is working with yay you're seeing jamie like put together uh which we call it slow jams for the first time which is fantastic and then college dropouts drops and you get the grammys and the reaction but you have this bit at the end of part two where you already start to see uh, the, the celebrity aspect coming out of yay right like that late registration graduation 
even 808s where the fame's starting to take over. And there's one scene that really stands out, especially in the wake of this. I just talked about this uh, in a video, which what it's not this. This is Cootie <laughs> with a photo of Ye, but I'm looking for where's Ye here? Does he not have him tagged? Um, okay. So Kanye just posted this to Instagram and you can see here it says like Drake want to narrate the documentary and this is Cootie like saying uh, you'll see it come to fruition would love for you to see all three movies and it seems like Ye hasn't seen the three movies yet maybe just clips maybe part one and Ye says I need Drake to do the narration now Cootie has been narrating this whole time like not over top of every scene right but it's cootie giving the narration and it's not this planet earth style narration where anybody could be giving it giving these third party or third person observations it's like cootie talking about making this documentary about yay what he saw in yay his feelings at the time what he was seeing at the time adding context from his perspective and his experiences so you just have Ye here kind of trying to replace Cootie with Drake because Cootie's Cootie and Drake is Drake, right? And there's a scene in the documentary where after the success of the Through the Wire video, which was Cootie's footage, right? It's like Cootie and then Chike coming together, making this video that's a hit video for Ye, gets him on the map, gets his budget open, like... Through the Wire, amazing song, but it was the song and the video combined in that moment that really broke open the floodgates. And you have this scene where Ye is talking to Cootie and he's like, yo, um, for the Jesus Walks video, I need to go with Hype Williams, right? And Hype Williams, one of the greatest music video directors uh, I think he had done Belly at that point. And Belly is just this phenomenal uh, kind of like hip hop culture movie. Even though it doesn't focus on hip hop, it stars like Nas and DMX, a uh, gangster movie kind of thing, but it has one of the most epic opening scenes of all time. And when I say like most epic opening scenes, one of the most epic opening scenes of all time, you should just go watch it on YouTube or watch the whole movie. It's a great movie, but like yay wants to get hype williams he's like i need hype williams to direct the jesus walks video and you can see cootie just kind of being like i'm gonna make you say it like i'm gonna make you say like this awkward thing like i just have been doing all this work with you like i guess i don't expect you to have me make every music video but like you're already kind of dropping me for hype williams just because your star is starting to rise and yay's like you know you know like i'm a fan of yours you know that like i really love the work you do you know we're gonna make a ton of music videos together it's just for this one i need hype williams and cootie's just kind of like well <laughs> okay but you know that you're going to be upset. Like he's not going to do these things that you want. And you're going to end up hating the video and calling me and being like Cootie and Connie starts laughing <laughs> and he knows it's like, he knows what's going to happen. And Cootie's just like, that's going to happen. Like you're going to call me. We're going to have to come and save it when you could have just gone with us in the first place. And sure enough, <laughs> what happens is yay makes Jesus walks part one with hype. Doesn't like it pays out of pocket for a second version of the video. Also doesn't like it. And then hits up Cootie 
is like, hey, let's go to Chicago and make this other version of Jesus Walks. So you have the two that I think are most well-known, which is the stylized in the church. There's the other one with the KKK guy in the cross. There's Ye with the flames behind him. But then you have this third one that's the Kudi and Shike one, where it's Ye in Chicago, black and white. There's a guy playing Jesus, and it's just Jesus kind of getting up meeting up with Kanye and then going about the day, walking around the neighborhood, riding in a car. It's much more art house and kind of, it's always been my favorite of the three. (laughs) Um, I remember when I first discovered that there were multiple versions of the video and catching that one, I was like, this is so cool. This is so different than what you see. And I like how just strange it was but it's become harder and harder to find all like the the vimeo links have disappeared all the youtube links have disappeared so you get some footage of it in part two which you know warmed my heart but yay ended up dropping all three videos at once he didn't end up picking one of them uh he dropped all three and then maybe on his youtube there's like one that's the official one i don't know if the hype williams one ended up being the official one but you just see that what Cootie was saying came true. Ye went with somebody bigger because he could, didn't like it, came back to Cootie. But you're starting to see the growing distance. And we get some clips of late registration stuff, like the the making of Gold Digger, like Jamie Foxx hearing the start of Gold Digger for the first time, which is really cool. But even Cootie says, like, we started, once Ye was getting more attention we lost access like we weren't around as much i wasn't seeing him as much so i had to go back home and finally got to take some time for myself and step out of kanye's world and he gives this last little bit of a teaser and then it flashes through all these scenes of things that are going to happen in the future right 2008 2009 2010 2013 2016 2018 2020 all the way up to donda listening party one and you see like Akira Ye standing there. And it's just like, oh my God. (laughs) Um, Oh, and one of the big things uh, in the first like 10 minutes of the doc, you see Kanye getting ready to leave the apartment. And I'm going to forget the song. I should have looked this up. It's the song that (laughs) I heard it playing. And I was like, wait, I know this song. Where do I know this song? It's the sample and cover your ears if you don't want to hear this. It's the sample from Heaven and Hell. Right. And it was just cool to be like, oh, that's a song he was listening to back in 2002. And he finally sampled it all the way in 2021. But he's listening to it in 2002. It was just like such a long life to some of these concepts and ideas that something that Gay might have come up with in 2005, he doesn't end up using until 2016. Right. Or something that he was listening to in 2002, he comes back to in 2021. So it's just kind of cool to see how time can sometimes not feel so distant that two points that are very far apart, like 20 years apart can still connect in some way, even if it's just like the use of a song that he was listening to back in the day. But part two was very enjoyable. Part one was very enjoyable. Like you really get to know like Ye and Ye's underdog story in both of these parts. I said before that fans were really going to want to just watch and rewatch part one because it's one of those things that's so like effortless, so smooth that you can watch it and just have it play in the background, that it's something that can become comf- like comforting and soothing and like comfortable to have just around and to rewatch. I think this is 
like legacy material, like legendary material that anyone that ever starts to pick up Ye's music and become a fan, which people have continued to do so. Like Kanye is not a legacy act. There are people that are like 13, 15, 17, 21 discovering his music, his new music, his old music and becoming fans. And I don't see that slowing down anytime soon, right? And they're going to all come to this documentary and be happy that they did because this is like the legends that you hear come to life and the story is just as good as you hoped it would be and uh we'll see what happens with part three i haven't watched it yet but i'm very excited to see where it goes i do know that there's less direct access like cootie was it with yay the way he was in this time from you know, 2000 to 2002 but of course, we have footage as Cootie has kind of been going back and forth a number of years over this like last decade. So I'm very curious to see what's in store for part three and, you know, where things go with everything here. So we'll see. But thanks for listening. And, you know, you're going to want to watch this. So until next time, stay wavy and keep it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.